Romans. Romans chapter number 4. I know we've been covering Abraham, and we are continuing to do that. But we're going to look at two passages here tonight um, as we take just a little bit of a time out. Of course, it will still be about Romans. But we'll be in Romans chapter 4, and we'll also be in James 2, okay? So two passages we want to look at, and we want to kind of lay some, um, lay some groundwork for these two passages. The reason why I'm taking a time out is, is a fewfold. One, um, last time we talked about Romans 15, or um, I'm sorry, Genesis 15, when it talks about um, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. So we talked about that last time. Then um, number two, we recently talked about uh, the canon of scripture on Sunday night, and, um, and as we'll see here in just a little bit, there was originally some discussion about whether um, these two were inspired or if there was some issue here. So we're going to examine a little bit of a passage here. It is still going to be about Abraham, I promise, but it'll consider faith, works, and justification. Let's first jump in in Romans chapter number four and verse number three. When I stop, you read, okay? Romans chapter number four and verse number three, then in a little bit we'll be in James two, okay? Romans four, verse number three. Here's what it, um, uh, let's actually, I'll start in verse number one, but verse three is the main part where we're going to be. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath where of the glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Verse number four. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Verse number five. Can we read it together? Verse number five. Ready? But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So here in Romans 4, it says specifically that Abraham was justified by faith. Would you not agree with that? Is that not what it's saying? Flip over to James chapter number 2, though, because James chapter number 2, if you read it just in a cursory way, you might um, think that there's a bit of um, conflict here between the two. James chapter number 2, if we can, and let's pick up um, in verse number 21. James 2, verse 21. We all there? Yeah? We're pretty close? James 2, verse number 21. It says there, Was not Abraham our father justified by what? What's the next word? Works. Works. Okay, so Romans 4 says he was justified by what? Faith. James 2 says he was justified by what? Works. Works. So which one is true? That's what we're going to look at here tonight. Let's ask the Lord's blessing real quick, and then we'll jump right in, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, be with us as we examine this um, very important topic. Lord, I pray that you give us strength. I pray that you give us understanding. And the Lord, I pray that you, this would be something that would be practical, something that we could um, very easily um, provide an answer to those that ask. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand a little bit more about Abraham and his life. Um, based on what we hear um, here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Let's break this down if we can, first off, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Um, before we do, though, let's do this, okay? Um, talk, talk amongst yourselves. What's the difference here? Why does one passage say he was justified by work, uh, by faith? Why does the other passage say he was justified by works? 
Talk amongst yourselves, okay? We'll write some ideas here up on the board, okay? You don't have to know the exact idea, just, just your ideas, okay? Why does one passage say justified by faith, another justified by works? Any ideas you want to you wanna share with all of us? Why the difference? Yeah? I think in, in James, you kind of have to continue with the verse for what it says. Okay, good. Because it's, if you continue it, it was he was acting upon his faith by actions. So it wasn't the action that pleased God. It was the faith that he obeyed. Okay, so it was his obedience by faith. By faith. Yes. Sure. Good. Any other thoughts? That's good. I would agree with you, by the way. I, I stopped there on purpose. All right, good. <laughs> any, any other thoughts here? Okay, let's break it down if we can, okay? Um, but, uh, let's, if we can, go to the next slide if we can, Brother Brian. Um, first off, let's consider the, chrono the chronology. Before we do, though, James 2, verse 23, this has kind of been our theme verse, as we've looked at um, the life of Abraham, and um, we're going to look at it, this verse actually uh, together tonight. So right now, we'll just kind of skip, skip ahead. If we can go to the next slide, slide Brother Brian. Um, the chronology, okay? First off, are, are, are our fingers still in Romans? Yes, hopefully, okay? Romans chapter number four, real quick. Romans chapter number four again. And verse number three, okay? We'll have a little bit of flipping around a little bit tonight. But Romans 4, verse number three. I, here's the question I want to ask you, okay? What is the faith related to, specifically in terms of the time in Abraham's life? What did he believe God, and it was counted to him for righteousness? Do you remember generally where it was? I mentioned it earlier at the beginning of the service. What time frame are we talking here generally? Any ideas? It's in Genesis 15, what we talked about last time, okay? So, let's, let's do a little bit of a chart if we can, okay? Um, Roman, Romans 4 is related to Genesis 15, okay? Specifically, if someone wants to look up the verse for us, Genesis chapter number 15 and verse number 6. Can someone look up that verse for us? Genesis 15, 6, anybody? Okay, Waylon, um, if you can look up Genesis 15, 6. Okay, the rest of us, let's flip over to the book of James. Okay, James chapter number two again. Okay, James chapter number two. And let's look at verse number 21. Okay, and I'll read the whole verse this time. Okay, James two and verse number 21. Here's what it says. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had what? Offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. So, James two. What is the time frame we are talking about in James 2? When what? He offered his son Isaac. Would you not agree? Yes? So, Genesis 15. Waylon, can you read Genesis 15? I think it was 6. Right? And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Good. So Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. Okay? Then, James 2 is referring back all the way to Genesis Chapter number 22, okay? Now, trust me, I'm going somewhere here, okay? So let's break down this chronology, okay? When was Abraham justified, okay? First off, we say that he was justified when he believed God. That's from Romans 4, cross-reference Genesis 15. Would you not agree with that? Yes? That's what Romans is saying. Would you not agree? 
Yes, he was justified when he believed God. It was counted him for righteousness. But it says again here that he was justified when he offered Isaac. Would you not agree with that? Yes, because James says that. Yes? You all with me? Yes? Right around? Yes. Okay, we're all there. Okay? So, what are we talking about here? Specifically, we have to understand what justified means. Does anyone know what justified means? To make right? To make right? Yes. So, it means to make right. Okay? Or perfect. Okay? Or to, oftentimes we say it this way, to declare righteous. Okay? So, declare righteous is often how I, how I would define it. Okay? Literally what it is, is it's a, it's a legal term. It's a legal term for someone going and declaring someone to be not guilty. Okay? That, the illustration I've given before is of O.J. Simpson. Okay? Those of us that are older, we might remember O.J. Simpson. Okay? I don't think we have any... Uh, you remember O.J. Simpson's here? Okay, sure you do. All right, so, uh, so yeah, the O.J. Simpson trial and everything like that, okay? O.J. Simpson, of course, um, with the whole situation with him murdering his wife or whatever, um, he was declared not guilty, but then later on he wrote a book about how he did it, okay? But why is O.J. Simpson not in jail now? Well, he might be in jail for something else. I don't know. But why was he not in jail for that? Because the judge had already declared him not guilty. Does that make sense? Even though he was guilty, most probably, he was declared not guilty, okay? So, that's justified. So, let's break it down. When was it, um, Abraham justified? Abraham's journey of faith. Let's talk about that, if we can, real quickly. Um, he accepted God's promise in Genesis 15, verse 6. That was when he was justified with God for salvation, okay? Nice and simply, folks, you are declared righteous with God, right, when you get saved, Yes? And does salvation have to do with works, yes or no? No. We are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves is the gift of God, right? Would you not agree with that? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. Let's say you mention both. And Romans is really saying that, is it not? In Romans 4, right? Because he would have something to glory. He would have something to boast about if he could be justified by himself. So then what is he justified in, of in James 2? Any ideas? What's, what's Abraham being justified by? What's, what does it mean in James 2? Was not Abraham justified by works? I would agree he's obeying God. But how, was, how does that make him declared righteous? Because he was already declared righteous inside of God. Yes? Would you not agree with that? When someone's saved, they're already declared righteous in the sight of God. So you don't get more righteous, right? So what's it talking about in James 2? When you become righteous with God, it makes you want to do more or are in God's eyes. And I, and I fully agree. I fully agree. When we're righteous with God, we should do. And that's the point James is saying, right? But did, did Abraham get more righteous in the sight of God when he offered Isaac. He was already as righteous as he was going to be. Would you not agree with that? Abraham was already as righteous as he was going to be when he got saved. Yes? He didn't get more righteous in the sight of God. He was already righteous. He wasn't righteous in the sight of God there. So James 2, okay, here's what happens, okay? He accepted God's promise, okay? Number two, he accepted God's will, God's plan. 
Now, one thing we're going to look at as we continue on in the life of Abraham is you're going to see this progression of Abraham constantly trying to do God's plan Abraham's way. Okay? We're, we're at Genesis 15. If I continued, we would be in Genesis 16, and God tries, or Abraham tries to do God's plan Abraham's way. And so he takes Hagar, the servant, right, to have a seed from, him, from her, right? Later on, he begs God to just make, make, um, make Ishmael, the child from Hagar, the heir. You know, and, and there's this progression all the way from roughly about from his 75-ish, when he first trusted God in Genesis 15, all the way to Genesis 22, when he's 115-ish, okay, where he's trying to do God's thing Abraham's way. Right? But there comes a point where God says, Abraham, I want you to offer your son, your only son, the one that you love, I want you to offer him on an altar. I want you to kill your son, drain the blood, put it in a bowl. I want you to burn your son. Burn your son. That's what I want you to do. For any of us, that would be a big, a big ask. Right? So what's it talking about with justified? Here's what it's talking about. He was justified with God at salvation, number two. He was justified before men when he obeyed. Can I, can I take a point of application here? Here's what it's saying. Okay? Abraham got saved. He trusted God. There in the mountains, when he's looking up at the stars, God said to him, hey, look at the stars. Can you number them? No, if you can't number them, your seed's going to be like that. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. But catch it. Nobody knew that. Am I making sense? There was nobody up on the mountain with Abraham, right? There was nobody around. If we didn't have it recorded in Genesis 15, we wouldn't know it. Would you not agree with that? Let's, let's back up to the moment that you got saved. I got saved at the age of 13. I was in a Christmas cantata, of all things. And going through the Christmas cantata, I eventually realized that I was lost. I went to my parents. I said, hey, I'm not saved. My parents said, well, you've grown up in church. You know what you need to do. You just need to do it. And that moment, I trusted in Christ. Yes? That evening, December 18th, 1997, I trusted in Christ, and I got saved. Right? But if that's how I live for the rest of my life, Right? then no one would have considered me to be a righteous person because they don't know what's inside. Am I making sense? It takes me obeying God, me trusting God's will, for them to declare me to be a righteous person. So let's continue on in James 2, okay? Because uh, this is going to make sense more and more as we go on, okay? So, so let's look at James 2. Let's break down what, what's being said here with that understanding. James 2, let's look at verse number 21, Okay? Okay, in verse number 20, he says this, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? If you have faith, but you're not actually doing something, then your faith is, is dead. Let's look at the cooperation, if we can. Next slide. Uh, the cooperation. Verse number 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by works was faith made perfect. Number one, his faith is proven by his works. As you see in verse number 21, 
Um, first off, you see that he was justified by works. That is, that he was declared righteous among other people. But catch verse 22, because I think the first two words are the most important. You see the first two words? What are they? Seest thou. What's he saying? He's saying that Abraham's internal faith was illustrated. It was shown. It could be seen, right, by what he did. Let's apply it to our own lives. Okay? Probably most of us in this, in, uh, here tonight are probably saved. We probably put our faith in Christ. Yes? Okay. We would, we would probably agree with that. Probably most of us are saved. If you're not, get saved. But I would assume that most people on a Wednesday probably are. Okay? You've put your faith in Christ. But unless you're doing something for God, the world doesn't know it. Right? Your coworkers don't know it. They can't see your heart. I don't know it. I can't see your heart. Am I making sense? Your wife doesn't know it. Your husband doesn't know it. Your, your kids don't know it. Unless you're doing something for God, that's the only way that they can see it. See, your faith is proven. It's illustrated. It's shown by our works. Abraham's obedience proved, it showed that he had faith in God. Specifically, God had told him back in Genesis 15 and even previous, hey, your seed will be as the stars of heaven. And Abraham believed that, even though God had just said, hey, kill your son, your only son, the one that you love, the one that the promise is coming through, kill that son, and if you kill that son, I'm going to still bless you. And so much so, keep your finger here, flip over just a few pages, see Hebrews chapter number 11, can we? Hebrews chapter number 11 real quick. Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11, and let's see here, let's, let's jump in, um, verse number 17. Hebrews 11, verse number 17. Hebrews 11, verse 17, just a few pages over to the left. Hebrews 11, verse 17. Here's what it says. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Verse 18. Of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Catch it, verse number 19. Accounting that God was able to what? Raise, Raise him up. Even from the dead. From whence also... He received him in a figure. What's the idea? Abraham believed that, hey, God made a promise. And God promised, one, that I would have a family like the stars of the, of the heavens. Number two, that Isaac would be the father of that family. So he trusted God so much that he believed that something he had never seen, specifically a resurrection because it had never occurred yet, could have happened. Am I making sense here, folks? Yes? Abraham's obedience proved his faith. Number two. Not only is faith proven by works, but number two, in the book of James, chapter number two, faith works with works, okay? I know that's kind of a weird phrase, but faith works with works. Verse number 22 of James 2 says this. Look at it. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. What's the idea? That his faith worked with his works, that the two together illustrated and showed his faith. Am I making sense? Because he never would have done it if he didn't have faith, yes? But no one would ever know it if he didn't have works. Would you not agree with that? He never would have offered his son if he didn't believe it, because frankly, that's a pretty big ask, like we already said. But he 
never would have actually, no one would have actually known that he had that faith if he didn't show it. Right? Faith works with works. Works don't produce faith, but faith should produce our works. And then finally, number three here, faith grows by our works. Okay, look at, look at verse number 22 again. See, Sal, how faith wrought with his works. It worked with his works, okay? And by works was faith made perfect. Meaning this, that his faith, okay, grew up, it matured, it became what it was originally intended to be by doing things. Let's explain it this way, okay? When you got saved, okay, God wanted you to be more than what you were when you got saved. Would you not agree with that? God has a purpose for you. God has a calling for you. God wants you to grow, to mature, to be better. Okay? Now, it's great that you got saved by faith. And by the way, you should be saved by faith. That's the only way to be saved. Right? You're saved by trusting in God, by putting your faith in Him. But catch it. Don't miss what it's saying here. Your works grow up your faith. Does that make sense? Well, could, could you Demonstrates your faith to others? I would, yes, and that's the point I'm getting to. Your works demonstrate your faith to others, but number two, your works help grow your faith. They make you closer to God. They make you closer to God. Because here's what Abraham did. When Abraham trusted God, he offered Isaac, right? He offered Isaac, and God provided a lamb, and God said, stop, and all that stuff, right? You know the story. You've heard the story many times. When he offered Isaac, God said, stop. You better believe. That one, Abraham's faith was strengthened by that, right? Two, Isaac had great faith, but we'll talk about that later. But his faith was strengthened. His faith was bolstered. He trusted God more than he did before when he was shacking up with Hagar to produce his own seed. Right? Yes? His faith grew because of the test of works. Does that make sense? So here's what I'm saying by this, okay? Because, because frankly, here's what some people will do. They'll look at this passage and they'll say, oh, well, you're saved by works. Well, no, you're not. Obviously not, right? They're talking about two totally different points in Abraham's life. We've, we've established that, haven't we? Talking about two totally different points of Abraham's life. But the reality is true that when Abraham got saved in his 70s to when Abraham decided to offer Isaac in about 115-ish, something like that, In between those times, there was a progression of works and sometimes doing things right, sometimes, frankly, not, okay, in this back and forth, okay, that we've been talking about with Abraham, to the point where Abraham said, okay, I'm just going to trust you, God. I'm going to take this step of faith, and I'm going to trust you. And at that point, his faith was what God originally wanted it to be. Yes? But it took Abraham 40, 50 years to get there. Right? And it caused Abraham a lot of heartache and a lot of trials and a lot of burdens to get there. Yes? Right? The issues with Lot that we've already looked at, the issues with Hagar that we're going to look at, okay? All of these different problems of not trusting God, all the steps all along, the issue with Egypt that we already talked about a few weeks ago, all these things. Why? Because he wouldn't just step out and do what God said he wanted to do. Trust me. Am I making sense here, folks? Yes? 
Are things putting together, coming together in your brain? So let's, let's continue real quickly, okay? So faith grows by works. Faith matures by our works, okay, is what it's saying. Okay, so number one, we looked at um, the whole timeline. Number two, we looked at the cooperation, how faith and works work together and how they are, how they really should be part of the same, how they demonstrate um, what we believe on the inside. But let's look at the conclusion, okay? The conclusion, nice and simply, is this. Let's look at verse number 23 of James 2, okay? Because James 2, 23 sums it up pretty nicely as we're considering Abraham, okay? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Now, again, it gives two quotes here. Okay? Two quotes. Now, one of them, we already know where it came from. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Where was that, folks? Do you remember? Genesis 15. Right? Good. Okay, Abraham believed God and it was counted unrighteous. But where have we found the idea that Abraham was a friend of God? We haven't seen it in Genesis. By the way, can I say you don't see it in Genesis? It doesn't show up anywhere in Genesis. Abraham is not called the friend of God in Genesis. First time it ever shows up. Take your Bibles, flip over to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Chapter number 20 and verse number 7. Keep your finger here in James. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 20 and verse number 7. You say, that's a long time after Abraham. Yes, it is. Second Chronicles 20 and verse number 7. The first time we hear Abraham called the friend of God is here in Second Chronicles 20 and verse number 7. Here's what it says. This is Jehoshaphat speaking. Okay. Jehoshaphat is one of the kings of Israel, a later king, okay? Jehoshaphat was around the time of Ahab, okay? This is thousands of years after Abraham, quite literally, okay? Here's what Jehoshaphat says in verse number 7. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? So the first time in the Bible that Abraham is called the friend of God is thousands of years. You all with me here? Thousands of years after Abraham died. You all with me, folks? We're talking after David, after, after Solomon, after a whole list of kings. Jehoshaphat is well toward the end of the monarchy of Israel. You know, am I making sense here? Jehoshaphat's way late. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, but he wasn't called the friend of God until thousands of years, even after he died. What's the point here? Here's the point. Let's, bro let's boil it down. Salvation. Abraham believed, God, believed in the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness, Genesis 15, 6, what Wayland read for us earlier. But not until centuries after his death was he called the friend of God. Here's the point, okay? Here's the point of what James 2 is saying. James 2 is saying this. People won't know you're a friend of God. People won't know you're walking with God. They won't know your relationship with God unless you show them. Flip back in James 2. You're there? James 2? James 2. Flip back. James chapter number 2. 
James 2 and verse number 18. This verse kind of summarizes where we're at. James 2, verse 18. We all there? Yes? James 2, 18. Here's what it says. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Let's get two, two volunteers here. Can we get two volunteers real quick to summarize this? Two volunteers. All right, Stephen, thank you, and one more. All right, Robbie, come on up. Okay, Stephen and Robbie. You have two different illustrations, okay? You have two different characters, okay? You have Stephen here, you have Robbie, okay? Stephen here is saying, oh, I have faith, but he doesn't do anything for God. Okay, sorry, Stephen, I love you, bro. Okay, Robbie here says, oh, I have faith, but I do something for God. Okay, good for you, buddy. Okay, so, all right, so you have Stephen who says, I have faith, but I don't do anything for God. Robbie says, I have faith, but I do things for God. Now, which one would you naturally think has faith? Robbie, right? Stephen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? You would naturally think that Robbie does. Why? Because Robbie shows it. Robbie illustrates it. Robbie proves it. And Stephen's just a big bum. You know, and so so you so you don't have that with Stephen. But, I love you, bro. Okay, but you don't have that with Stephen, but you do have that with Robbie. Are you, am I making sense here? So here's the point of what James is saying. James is saying, hey, you can go through your life and you can trust God, and yes, you are on your way to heaven and you are saved, and that's great and that's wonderful and that's fantastic. But there's a world that needs you. There's a world that needs to know that you're a child of God. He goes in this passage and he says, if you see somebody that's going and they're destitute and they have no food, they have no clothes, they have nothing, and you go and say, oh, be warmed and filled, and you believe it, but you don't try to help that person, what good is it? Right? If you go through your life, yes, believing in your heart, but not showing works, what benefit is there for that guy, for that lady? Am I making sense here, folks? We, as a church, we stand firm on salvation by faith. And so we should. You know with me? We should. That is truth. Salvation is by faith alone. But frankly, folks, when we get out these doors, they don't care too much what we have internally. They care what we show on the external. You know with me here? They don't see what's on the internal. Because only you see that. I don't even see that. I don't know if you're saved or if you're not. You with me here? You guys could all be a bunch of reprobates like Stephen. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I love you. This is why people never volunteer here, okay? So, you, you, you get what I'm saying? I don't know. You, no one knows but you. But if you can illustrate and show the love of Christ to a world that needs Christ, that's what will make the difference. Abraham believed God, and it was counted for him righteousness. He was justified in the sight of God. But until Abraham showed, illustrated, proved his love for God, his faith in God, no one knew it, no one believed it. You with me, folks? So the point of Abraham, the point of James 2, the point of what I've been talking about with all this, I'm going back and forth, here's the point. This week, make a difference and show your child of God. Show it, prove it, illustrate it. Yes, have faith in yourself. And yes, trust God. And yes, pray. And all those different things. Do those things. But if you don't put feet to those things, if you don't step out and say, hey, 
not only do I trust God, but I'm going to do what I can to make a difference in this community, then frankly, no one's going to believe it. You all with me, folks? That making sense? That's the application. That's the point. That's the purpose. That's what we can learn from the life of Abraham today. Thanks, guys. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for this example. Lord, I know it's been perhaps a little different as we've done this little Bible study through these different, these two passages, but Lord, I pray that this would be something that we would apply, that we would understand. Lord, I'm so thankful that you made heaven accessible to me. Lord, that I didn't have to earn it. You gave it to me freely by your son, Jesus Christ. But Lord, I pray that you would help me to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Lord, help me to to understand, yes, that we're not saved by our works, but we are saved to work. Lord, strengthen us in these things. As we've examined this, I pray that this would encourage and stir us throughout this upcoming week. Lord, as, as everyone goes back to work tomorrow and goes through all the different routines that Thursday and Friday will be and throughout the rest of the, uh, the upcoming week, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to just remember this simple illustration, this simple story from Abraham. That, Lord, when he stepped out in faith and actually put some feet to his faith, people could see it and could say, hey, that's a friend of God. Lord, help us to be that kind of friend. That it's shown, that it's visible, that it's evident in a world that needs you. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things.